All right, Celtics fans, we are back with another episode of Boston Celtics Game Day Recap. I'm your host, Guy DiPlacido, and the Celtics narrowly escape with a 142-138 win in overtime versus the Pacers. This was the Daniel Tice, Aaron Neesmith revenge game. They didn't do much in this, so you can't really call it a revenge game. However, this was a fun one through and through. Uh, Going to follow today's podcast, same as usual, run through player of the game, run through some of the highs, some of the lows, uh, and talk about some recent things that have come up in Celtics land that need to be discussed here. Uh, to get things started, uh, this player of the game is a tough one because for the majority of today's game, I don't think that there was really one person that you could look to and was like, okay, this guy was fantastic start to finish, needs to be him. Closest guy, probably Malcolm Brogdon. However, uh, you look in overtime, and this game had Marcus Smart written all over it. Uh, and I want to give it to him because this wasn't this wasn't a game where Marcus Smart went out and lit up the floor with assists. It wasn't a game where he went out and shot the ball really well. It was a game where energy plays mattered and timely baskets mattered. And this guy at the end of regulation had eight points, uh, three rebounds, three assists. At the end of the game, 15 points, five rebounds. uh, So had seven points, two extra rebounds in overtime. And he had all seven of the first seven points. He had the first seven points of overtime. We we scored 17 total. He had the first seven of them. So overall, Marcus Smart put the Celtics in a huge spot to win this game. And while he didn't technically contribute the – basket that iced the game he did get the offensive rebound and the shot up before the shot clock expired that jason tatum did get the put back so while jason tatum will be credited with an extra offensive rebound and the put back to really ice the game marcus smart was the guy that really catalysted the entire thing without him without that initial offensive rebound jason tatum couldn't have iced it so really solid performance for Marcus Smart, primarily in overtime when it mattered the most. Really good game from him. Uh, we obviously just talked about Jason Tatum with the putback. Uh, overall, it's a pretty solid game from him. Led the team in every category, actually. 31 points, team lead. 12 rebounds, team lead. Seven assists, tied for the team lead with Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, so really did everything. Two steals, a block in this one. Uh, really overall good game. I'm not going to say it was a great game because shooting wise, it was actually, it was pretty terrible. Uh, nine of 25 from the field, three of 12 from three, terrible. However, there's always a however with Jason Tatum. He hit timely bucket after timely bucket, contributed at the free throw line a bunch. He was 10 of 11 from the free throw line in this one. He came up big in big spots. Obviously, that putback being the biggest play of the entire game, right? So, overall, you look at Jason Tatum's game, it was good, right? Obviously, there are negatives to it. Turnovers, poor shooting night. Talk about both of those in the second half here. But for the most part, Jason Tatum, solid game. His running mate, 
masked Jalen Brown uh, came out here, played 43 minutes in this one. Uh, he was another one, really solid game overall, like 30 points, 11 rebounds, three assists, a steal, uh, 11 of 24 from the field, three of five from three. Just two big free throws at the end. So obviously, you know, it's not perfect. Those two free throws and turnover, we'll talk in the second half here, but he was second best on the team and plus minus. Jason Tatum, just to throw out numbers that don't make sense because we haven't seen it really all season long. In a win, Jalen Brown plus 10. Jason Tatum was minus eight. Very rarely do you see the Celtics outscored when Jason Tatum is on the floor. And when that does happen, when we're outscored, we typically lose, right? This was a game the Celtics played really well through stretches without Jason Tatum. To begin the second quarter, uh, they went without Tatum, and they looked great. They looked really good. Uh, So they built up a pretty big lead. uh, And then, you know, obviously Jason Tatum had his big moments, but JB was a huge part of that. So 30 points for him. The shooting was efficient, right? Masked JB, it's a it's a good look. It's a good look. He debuted in the All-Star game, played well there, continued playing well here. So overall, pretty happy with it, right? Uh, outside of that, we saw really good performances from Malcolm Brogdon and Derek White and Sam Hauser off the bench. Those were the three guys that played the bulk of the minutes off the bench. Grant played six, Cornette played five. Outside of them, those were the big three off the bench tonight. Hauser carved in 13 minutes. And honestly, I don't think that they had him slated to play 13 minutes whatsoever, but he played really well out there, like really well. Had three blocks in this one, contributed eight points, three of three from the field, two of two from three. There were a couple sequences in today's game where the defense was incredible. And and I'm not saying that lightly, honestly, like the defense from Sam Hauser was excellent in this one, whether it be, you know, on ball or at the rim, like he had three blocks, one of them transition block on our old buddy, Aaron Neesmith. And then immediately after doing that sprints, the floor gets a corner three in transition. So Sam Hauser played some big minutes tonight. Uh, Obviously not a ton of them, 13, but in those 13 minutes, He was a plus 14. Like, that's a really, really solid stretch of basketball form, and you'll love to see it because, you know, this is a Celtics team that, you know, we played 10 deep tonight. Grant Williams was one of the guys that played six minutes, right? So if Grant essentially is our ninth guy, ninth or tenth guy, that's crazy deep, crazy deep. Uh, But I do want to talk about, you know, our start or our bench point guards, right? Derek White moved to the bench today. Marcus Smart's back. We have our preferred starting lineup back uh, and played 25 minutes in this one. And honestly, the 25 minutes came pretty early on. He didn't play a ton in the fourth quarter slash overtime. He actually didn't play at all in overtime, but he looked really good in this one. 17 points, three rebounds, two assists, six of 12 from the field, three of six from three. He had three drives where he went to the rim, spun, finished. Like, beautiful, beautiful game from Derek White. And honestly, he hasn't – it doesn't look like he's missed a beat. He came in here immediately off the bench, and some of his first minutes nails a three. 
gets to the lane, finishes at the rim. Like this guy is just doing it over and over and over. And it's just really good to see, especially considering, you know, his minutes got pulled back a little bit with the Celtics kind of getting their starting five back. Uh, The other guy in this one, Malcolm Brogdon, 37 minutes tonight. A lot of minutes, a lot of minutes for Malcolm Brogdon. So regardless of going double big or not, we kept Rob Williams at 26 minutes, kept Al Horford at 34 minutes, considering we went into overtime. Those are good. Those are good numbers. This is a Pacers team that runs really small lineups. This is this is a very much like four-guard lineup for Indiana. Aaron Neesmith's going out there. He's playing the four. He's not a four, right? So Joe Mazzulla adapted to that, went small for a lot of today's game. And that's where we saw good minutes for Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon in this one, 24 points, five rebounds, seven assists, two steals. And the shooting was off the charts. We talked about him leading the NBA in three-point percentage uh, at 45.5%. Tonight, he was five of six. He was nine of 12 from the field overall. Malcolm Brogdon just could not miss. And he played a huge role in the Celtics kind of staying close. Like he had a big corner three to go up 124-20. And then an unreal finish over Turner to go up uh, 136-133 in overtime. So Malcolm Brogdon had a couple of huge, huge buckets in this one. And he needs some credit for it because this guy really went out there and balled. Like you look, you look, look at the, the combined score, right? So you've got 24 from Brogdon, 17 from White, and they both shot over 50% from the field and both shot 50% plus from three. Like this is what we're getting from our bench guys, right? This is, it's the deepest team in the NBA. What I will say about this one, and I'm going to talk about it in the second half. We didn't see any Muscala in this one. Very limited grant minutes. We saw the Celtics run small a lot. And obviously, you know, you play the play the team in front of you, and that's Indiana who plays really small. So I get it, right? We saw Cornette, very limited minutes. Uh, but this was a game where the Celtics, offense wasn't the issue, right? Defensively, it was an issue, and we'll talk about that. But if you look at the numbers from an offensive perspective, 142 points in this game. Granted, 17 of those came in overtime, but – you know, the math is still there. 125 after regulation, really solid scoring game. Celtics shot 18 of 39 from three, 46%. And honestly, I'm pretty good with that mix. We took 99 shots overall, 39 of them were from three. That's a pretty, pretty solid mix overall. 60 regular field goals. Uh, and they shot well on both sides of it. So 31 assists on 51 makes. Again, overall on the offensive end, this is all you can ask for. Everybody kind of stepped up and played a a solid game in this. You know, start to finish. Al Horford, we didn't really talk about him. Seven points, seven rebounds. He had six assists. He was leading the team through the majority of this game in assists. Uh, He didn't play. I'm not going to say he played a huge role in this one. Uh, but he did have four offensive rebounds. Robert Williams had three offensive rebounds. That was the difference. 
in this game. You look at the things that the Celtics did really well. It was shooting threes, 18 of 39, which I talked about, 46%. But the offensive rebounds, we had 20 offensive rebounds compared to the Pacers' 10. So this is the Celtics operating at just a completely different level than anybody in the NBA. We talked about Jason Tatum's back, right, to ice the game. But we had so many huge offensive rebounds that led to second chance point on this one, which was just, it, it was incredibly important. The other big thing, we kept turning the Pacers over. And when we turned the Pacers over, we took advantage of it every single time. 27 points off of their 15 turnovers. Just to put that into perspective, right? We also turned the ball over 15 times. Same same amount of turnovers. They only scored 17 points compared to our 27. So we took advantage of all of those opportunities. The Pacers did a really, really good job of getting into the paint or trying to trying to get into the paint. They shot really well from three. This is one of the few games you know, you look three point percentage, it actually favored the Celtics, but they shot 49 threes. They made 22. They still shot 45% from three in this game. So give the Pacers some credit. They came out. This was probably one of the best games they've played, at least on an offensive standpoint. Uh, and you got to give them a little bit of credit. Now, I do want to talk about some of the negatives here because obviously, you know, putting up 142 points. From an offensive standpoint, fantastic, right? Defensively, there were major issues in this one, including a 39-point third quarter from the Pacers. And I want to talk about some of the negatives. Uh, before we do that, I want to take a quick break for word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Hopewell Hemp Farms. Hopewell Hemp Farms is your only source for the highest quality American-grown hemp products. If you're like me and love to be active, whether that's playing in an adult softball or basketball league, or your level of activity is limited to yard work, one thing is for certain. As you get older, joints start to hurt. Well, I turn to Hopewell Hemp Farms Body Butter to relax those joints and their amazing tinctures to help me fall asleep. Check them out at HopewellHempFarms.com today and stock your nightstand the only way I know how. Looking for an agent to help you buy or sell real estate? George Dimas at PD Properties is the agent for you. Sell now for a flat 3% commission on the sales price. PD Properties utilizes the most current marketing techniques and strive to put more money in your pocket. If you're looking to buy, call now and George will be with you every step of the way until you find a property you're able to call home. Serving the North Shore and beyond, call George Dimas with PD Properties today at 781-913-2290. That's 781-913-2290. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus back. Download the app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 
in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, so want to talk through some of the negatives. And to get started, uh, you really have to talk about the last two minutes of regulation. So at the two-minute stretch, we were up 124-120, believe. Tatum switches on to Halliburton and gets absolutely cooked. Cooked. And Halliburton gets an easy three. Make it 124-123. About two, 215 left. Then JB gets fouled shooting a three. Right? They challenge it. We win the challenge. And JB gets three free throws. He misses two. Hits one of them. Right? Kept a two-point lead. Then Jason Tatum missed a layup with a minute 15 left. Then turned the ball over with 55 seconds left. Like, literally, back-to-back possessions. Tatum misses a layup and then throws the ball away. And then immediately after that, JB turns the ball over with 22 seconds left. So we went on a two-minute stretch of just terrible, terrible basketball. This game was 100% within reach, and the Celtics threw it away. Obviously, people are going to immediately go to the free throws from Jalen Brown. That's the that's the easy blame pie, right? Oh, if only he hit two of the three free throws or didn't miss the free throws, we would have won in regulation. Sure. Sure. Obviously, that's the case. But you look at everything as a whole. Jason Tatum gave up an easy three because he just could not stay in front of Halliburton. Honestly, Horford and Time Lord stayed in front of Halliburton. Jason Tatum didn't. Was flat-footed. Halliburton crossed him. Steps back. Easy three. And then he turned the ball over, right? The turnovers are killers. Obviously, Jalen Brown did it too. And this isn't a game. I'm not going to sit here and blame one or the other. Both of them contributed to the Celtics not pulling this off in regulation. I'm not, am I worried about it? No. Does it suck that it happened? Yes, right? Obviously, you don't want to go into overtime with the uncertainty of it all and have to push your guys another five minutes. All right, obviously we have tomorrow off, but we have a tough matchup Saturday. Philadelphia 76ers, good game, going to be a good game. Hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, we have our full starting lineup once again so we can start to build some fluidity in this one. This wasn't a game where the Celtics went out and played a ton of ton of minutes with their preferred starting lineup. Robert Williams played 26 in this one. They kept Horford's minutes low and honestly, they didn't play both of them together a ton in this one. Uh, So we got to try and get some sort of fluidity going on that lineup. Uh, And, you know, outside of that two minute stretch, honestly, I'm not going to complain about overtime. because I I think that they played a really solid game overall in overtime. Obviously the Pacers went out, they still scored 13. They still made it a game. They still made it close. The Celtics did what they needed to do in overtime. So I'm not really gonna I'm not really gonna say much about that. The other big issue that I take in this game is just defensively closing out on Miles Turner. And on like Halliburton, excellent player, right? All-star player. Played 39 minutes, held him to 22 points, didn't really do a ton. Obviously, he hit that big three, but he had 14 assists. 
and a bunch of them were to Miles Turner, wide open for three. Miles Turner had a career night, 40 points, 10 rebounds on eight of 10 from three. Career high in points, career high in threes. And he shot 80% from three. Like this is something that the Celtics cannot let happen. Al Horford, Robert Williams, they are too good of defenders to let this happen. And honestly, part of it kind of goes to Jason Tatum. There were a lot of lot of possessions in this game where Jason Tatum was covering Miles Turner. For what reason, I don't really know. Right? I don't know why you have Al Horford covering Neesmith and Jason Tatum on Miles Turner. But that's what happened through a lot of this game, specifically fourth quarter and overtime. That's what happened. The Celtics need to adapt. They need to figure out these rotations. They need to figure out who's guarding who. And honestly, it's not it's not as much figuring it out as just choosing the right matchup. Right? Matchup compared to size, right? I don't maybe it's different. You can go back to last year. You saw it happen a lot with Rob. Rob would just go out there and basically cover the worst three-point shooter, whether it be a guard or a forward, and just kind of play that free safety. It's not really the way the Celtics are running the defense this year. Whatever they're doing this year is working, right? Like they're third in offense, fourth in defense. They're playing really good basketball on both sides of the ball, and that's the reason that the Celtics are 43-17 and with the best record in the NBA. But there are still some issues that the Celtics need to kind of work through. And a lot of that, you know, is due to health. But at some point, you got to throw out the health talk and just, you know, figure out what you need to do to win. Uh, But either way, good win for the Celtics. Again, 142-138 over the Pacers, improving to 43-17. and And we've got a good lead, right? Like this is a, this is going into a game against Philly on Saturday. We've got a one game lead over Milwaukee. They will play. Uh, So they have the potential. If they win, we lose to be tied, right? We've got a three and a half game lead over Philly. So it's not like we're going to drop down a third, but right now, you know, the season series between Boston and Milwaukee is tied one, one. So this is going to be a situation where, you know, we might edge them out strictly because we have one extra win, but we'll have one extra loss than them too. So if they win, obviously. Uh, that's enough for this game. I do want to talk about Joe Missoula here. Joe Missoula has officially gotten the interim tag removed from his title. He is the official Celtics head coach, and it is very well-deserved. Everyone's giving him praise. Love to see it. He obviously coached the all-star game as well. Uh, and it, I'm just happy for him. I'm happy for him. They interviewed all the guys. The guys are happy for him. So credit to Missoula. Ime is gone. All of that can just be washed over us. Don't have to talk about Ime anymore until he goes somewhere else and you know wins anything. But if he goes somewhere and they suck, I'm going to be thrilled because Joe Mazzullo is doing a good job here. He's got the guys in the right mental space. They're playing at a high level, uh, and you'll love to see it. This is We've got 22 games left 
in this season and they're 22 crucial, crucial games. Uh, obviously going into those last 22 games, health is going to be the most important thing, right? Obviously you want the one seed, but health is the most important thing. You have to go into playoffs healthy. And part of that is minute restrictions. And Philly is a bigger team, right? They've got Harris. They've got Embiid. They play big. Uh, this is very much a team where you can go out. You can put Muscala out there. You can get him out, get some minutes off of Al Horford, get some minutes off of Robert Williams, let Muscala go out there and just cook on offense, right? Get him some open looks. Get him within the rhythm. That was one thing from today's game that I wasn't a huge fan of. Obviously, this is a tough matchup for him because they run really small. Muscala is going to play against those teams where we run double bigs all the time, right? And that's most most of the teams in the NBA. But this is a this is a Celtics team. We ran ten deep tonight, and our tenth guy, our ninth guy, was Grant Williams. And he only played six minutes. This Celtics team is so deep, so so deep. And it's just fun at this point. Now, that's where we're going to wrap things up for today. Again, big Celtics win, take a one-game lead over Milwaukee, improve to 43-17. and 17. Uh, If you haven't done so already, guys, make sure to follow me on Twitter at NBA Celtics Guy. Make sure to follow our Facebook page, Boston Celtics Till I Die, and our YouTube page, Boston Celtics Game Day Recap. And if you haven't done so already, make sure to rate and review the podcast. Five-star written review. Greatly appreciate it. Have a great night, Celtics fans. We'll talk soon. Yeah, you couldn't help it. I know you felt it. Green and white, white and green. Who are we the Celtics? Who are we the Celtics? Who are we the Celtics?